Thank you, Otsila. That brings the time now to five minutes past twelve. About 80,000 workers affiliated to the National Union of Mine Workers members will down tools this evening. Now, this is after the wage talks with the Chamber of Mines collapsed. The union is demanding salary increases of between 60 and 100 percent, while the Chamber of Mines has offered 6.5 percent. Noom still maintains that gold producers can afford to pay workers what it calls a living wage, and seven gold mining companies are expected to be hit by the strike. Uh, as, as the companies include Anglo uh, Gold, Ashanti, Goldfields, Rand Uranium, Harmony Gold, Evander Gold, Sibanya Gold and Village Main Reef. Earlier, the spokesperson of the National Union of Mine Workers, Lasida Sashoka, spoke to AM Live about the planned strike. The issue of whether a lockout is in place or is not in place is not an issue. They can do that if they want. They can do that at their own risk of isolating uh, all the workers and ensuring that their lives become very difficult in terms of industrial relations. So to us, we are not investigating whether a lockout is going to happen or it's not going to happen. It's their business. But what is going to happen ultimately just with regards to the industrial action you've embarked on? Look, what we have put forward is a final demand. And the Chamber of Mines saying that what they put forward is a final offer. So we will see who's going to blink first. We are not going to blink. We are saying we have listened to all what they are saying. And for us to accept a 300 rand increase, I mean, by the way, the 6% or 6.5 is equivalent to 300 rand which is not the amount of money that they demand both to spend on taking tickets alone. It's totally unacceptable that they can expect a mine worker uh, to accept 300 rand simply because an economy is in dire stress or their mines are in dire stress when they are milking those mines for millions of rand. What would you say to somebody that says or uh, asks the question why such hardened positions, especially on your part if you have unions such as USA, say, given the Section 198, they were saying, but more importantly, they're looking at the bigger picture. It's been said that the gold industry, if it shuts down, could cost something like 35 million US dollars a day in lost output. I think that 35 million US dollars a day could, could, could be lost if needs be. Because as far as we are concerned, if those millions are not helpful to our members, then uh, it is better if they are not there. The reality here is that we do not represent an economy. We represent the workers that want to end better. What can a mine worker do really with 4,700 rand a month? But what can a mine worker do with no 4,700 rand a month if the jobs are lost? Of course, this is what you are saying, Petito. Mm. But we are sick and tired of working for other people who are making millions when we are making nothing. Should you be forced to compromise in order to save jobs, what would be the offer that you'd accept? Uh, in all the sentences that I have said to you since we started this interview, there has not been a way it could compromise, and it's not going to happen. The mining bosses must come to the table or face a strike action that will go beyond Christmas. Right. Finish and plan. And that was the spokesperson for the National Union of Mine Workers, Lasiba Sushoka. Now, for an in-depth look at what impact uh, this will have, this looming strike will have on the sector and economy, we are joined on the line by an independent labor analyst, Gavin Brown. Gavin, good afternoon to you. Now, the unions are demanding increases of between 60 and 100 percent. Are these uh, reasonable demands taking in consideration the current inflation? No, of course, they're totally unreasonable demands. And I mean, it was quite sad listening to the spokesman for NUM because, I mean, it illustrates exactly what the problem is, that there's no understanding of what this involves other than NUM's very special and narrow interests which have nothing to do with money and much more to do with the fact that they're faced by a rival union um, that is probably going to usurp them in certainly in gold and maybe in other industries as well. So this strike has got nothing to do with the things that have just been spoken about. It's got to do with NUM reasserting itself and trying to regain its lost credibility after Marikana. Now, there are fears, uh, and economists' fears, that if the strike do go ahead, it might cripple the economy. Uh, your take on that? It's certainly going to be very serious. It's going to affect all of us, you know. Uh, a close down there, first of all, it's likely to spread. 
Um, secondly, it's going to mean lost wages, lost output, lost tax for social expenditure. It's going to mean investors either withhold investment or withdraw. The RAND will probably take another hit. That means inflation will go up. It means the price of our petrol will go up. So we are all going to be affected uh, by the strike if, if it goes ahead and if it lasts for any period of time. And, and I, for well, one, welcome the government's uh, announcement today that you know they're going to intervene if it's necessary, because it may well be necessary if this strike is a result of the sort of rhetoric that we heard from your last speaker. Now, Noom did indicate that they want to level the playing fields and do away with apartheid wages. Uh, is is that relevant in 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 in, in, ni- in 2013 where we stand right now? Not at all. It's just sloganeering. You know, it's uh, this old repetition of. Uh, you know, class struggle and anti-capitalism. The fact of the matter is that that industry supports hundreds of thousands of families in South Africa, and that it's vital that it continue to operate, and it's vital that it continues to expand so that we can increase employment, not only in that sector but all the other sectors that service our resource sector. So th- this certainly would be a very serious strike. And, and it's certainly disappointing to hear the kind of rhetoric that we heard just now. Given the mining sector's background, has wages adjusted in the mining sector over the last years? Well, you know, the mining sector is made up of lots of different parts. There's platinum, gold, coal, and other minerals, and each sector faces its own unique market challenges. Um, gold, for example, is very much different from what uh, the platinum market is, for example. So the inevitable result, though, of unrest in the mining sector as a whole, whether it's in gold or whether it spreads to others, um, is one that affects all of us directly because it's the biggest contributor to our GDP. It's the biggest earner of foreign exchange, and it has a decisive effect on the inflation rate and the level of salaries that are paid to everybody. But that wage gap that I'm referring to, has that adjusted over the years for miners? Well, again, it depends on the sector. Some have done better than others. Some employers have done better than others. But I think the wage gap is now largely a myth. Uh, what we now have, rather, is a skills gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there is, in sectors where, that are extremely labor-intensive and are very difficult to recognize, um, there may well be such a wage gap still in place. Number of job losses since uh, 1984, but Noom says this strike will uh, that they will strike indefinitely uh, if that is what it takes. Can we afford that, though? Well, I mean, that's the kind of thing that a union says at the beginning of a strike. Once its members start losing wages, uh, once it becomes apparent that they're not in control of the situation, once people are hurt and property is damaged, uh, then that sort of rhetoric will disappear and it will become evident to them that large parts of the country, uh, including the government, are actually opposed to them and that they need to compromise. On Monday, we saw Anglo-Platinum uh, starting with its restructuring as a measure for the company to bounce back financially, and this was after the strike uh, within the Platinum Belt. Will we probably see the same happening in the gold sector, you think? Well, again, it will be different, because in the case of the Platinum, it's all still lying there in the ground. In the case of gold... We're having to go deeper and deeper for thinner and thinner ore veins, um, and we don't really dictate the price of what comes out. It goes up, it goes down. Uh, it depends on the, the, the currency rate of the rand. It's a very different sector. Uh, certainly, though, what it will have is the effect of withholding or withdrawing investment from the gold sector, uh, whether that's local or foreign investment. Is there a way that the strike can be averted? Uh, I think there is, but it has to do with the politics between NUM and AMCU, and the fact that NUM perhaps need, is going to have to need to accept uh, that the result of the way it's operated in the last 10 years has been that it's lost members. It may have to get used to being in opposition uh, instead of being the dominant voice in the labor sector. And that's independent labor analyst Gavin Brown. That brings the time now to 15 minutes past 12. 
Our top story at this hour, one of the men accused of assaulting the son of a farm worker five years ago on a farm near Aston in the Borland has committed suicide. Looking at the markets, gold is trading at $1,393.19 an ounce, platinum at $1,524.20 an ounce, the rand is trading at 10 rand and 28 cents against the US dollar, at 16 rand and 1 cents to the pound, and at 13 rand and 54 cents to the euro. You asked for it, and now it's here. FAFM proudly presents the best of the African connection with Richard Mwamba, the dance edition. Dance yourself silly in this compilation of the best dance numbers of the African Connection of Vision Wanda, now available at reputable CD outlets. SAFM interacts on every level. Visit our website at safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio. Or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. Let's have the conversation. SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. About a hundred Anglo-American platinum workers who have been served with retrenchment letters are gathering outside the mines Komanani Number no. Two shaft in Rustenburg in the northwest. The miners say that they are waiting for word from their respective uh, representatives regarding the letter. The company is closing its uh, Kuseleka uh, and Komonani shafts to remain competitive. Mine workers who fear for their future want Amplas to overturn the decision to retrench them. Now, rival unions, Amku and Noom, have threatened to take this matter forward. For more on this, we joined on the line by our reporter, Itumalang Kanyani. Itumalang, good afternoon to you, and can you describe to us what the situation at uh, Kumanani No. 2 shaft is currently? Good afternoon, Elvis. Well, since from as early as 7 o'clock in the morning, we saw uh, workers uh, gathering outside the Kumanani No. 2 shaft, and then they were addressed briefly by the Amku shop stewards, uh, including Gaddafi, Doda, Godfrey, Lindani, and other Amku shop stewards at the mine, or rather at the shaft. And then they, they briefly dispersed, rather, uh, and went to the HR offices. Uh, they were ordered, rather, basically by these uh, shop stewards that they should go to the HR offices. And when they, they, they get there, they should tell the HR manager that they are there to register their names for them to be considered for redeployment to other employers shafts because they feel that um, they are not going to buy the retrenchment or because they were not informed, you know, uh, correctly in the first place. The, the, the message was, was not disseminated properly in the first place uh, that they, they have that option of applying for, for them to be redeployed at other employers. Uh, shafts or operations around uh, the country. What has been the mine's response to the gathering of the miners? Well, currently I haven't been able to to get through to the the the, the Amplas management or uh, spokesperson, but we we do understand that uh, Amplas has, has has issued uh, a statement saying that they they too did not intend for the situation to be like it is now. They they did not want to you know retrench people, but the reason why they are retrenching people is because of they believe that they have to be to sustain business and to remain competitive at all times and. For for them to be to achieve that, they, they would have to, you know, uh, cut some jobs, and then they are saying they, they, they are also going to create, you know, temporary jo- temporary employment, you know, for about 1,200 uh, people for re- for reclamation at the affected mines, and then they are going to, you know, co-create uh, other job opportunities with, you know, other stakeholders such as the local municipality here in Rustenburg where they would be building about 4,000 uh, jo- or 4,000 uh, houses and then these people who are affected by these retrenchments are the ones who would be, you know, uh, uh, considered when, when, when um, those job opportunities, uh, uh, you know, are being created. Now, apparently there's been reports that the miners are planning to bring operations at the Komunani and Kusaleka uh, shops to a halt uh, starting today. Uh, do you know anything about this? 
Well, that, 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 that is something that um, the armed push-up stewards have not been able to confirm for us, but they did not even deny it, you know. So we're not yet sure. We, we're still, uh, you know, uh, monitoring the situation here. But there is that rumor that um, uh, they, they, they wish to uh, bring uh, operations to a halt, uh, a halt uh, here at the Kuseleka and Komanani uh, shaft. But... For now, we, we are not yet sure uh, because they haven't been able to confirm or deny those uh, reports. But we also uh, heard that they are mobilizing, you know, the, the one uh, other uh, um, employees shaft to, to join and support them in, uh, in this uh, kind of situation. And that's our reporter on the scene, uh, Itumuleng Kanyani. Now, for more on this, we joined on the line by the AMCO president, Joseph Matunja. Mr. Matunja, good afternoon to you. Hi, good afternoon, and how are you? Oh, very well, sir. Can you tell us how many of the workers have so far received retrenchment letters from the mines? According to management, uh, yesterday they were saying 3,745 uh, workers that are subjected to retrenchment mm. as of yesterday. Now, yesterday you had a meeting with management. What came out of that meeting? Uh, in that meeting, it was clear that the numbers that were presented by the management of Anglo, they were not uh, correlating or they were not matching. So, hence, we were not in agreement with the number presented to us. Reason being, there was an agreement reached uh, between the unions and the DMR, which I, I name it uh, DMR agreement, which has set some targets that if those targets are met, surely the retrenchment will be, a forced retrenchment will be avoided. So based on those numbers, we believe as unions that that, that particular number that was focused on has been reached. So that's where the disagreement is, and of which that is resulted that the Anglo shouldn't force workers for medical exit uh, for, I mean, until we meet again on Thursday morning to clear the air. Now, would, will you be happy if the number of retrenchments were, were reduced, uh, or do you want everybody to be reinstated? For the matter and how we see things, uh, no one will be happy to see uh, workers losing jobs, whether it's one job that is lost. But we believe as AMCO that if the management of Anglo can be very transparent and uh, take this thing close to their heart, there will be no worker that can lose job. Now, there has been no confirmation, according to uh, our reporter on the scene, about uh, uh, possible threats, but there have been threats that some of the miners plan to bring the shaft to a standstill. Uh, what is your, no- your knowledge of that? We just had uh, over the media that there is such a rumor of uh, such uh, uh, action. And, and then that action, we don't know, we cannot confirm. But what we really know is that we are meeting on Thursday and uh, we are appealing to those who might think of doing such thing that it will be very much irresponsible. They will uh, give the, I mean, the employer the upper hand to dismiss them without receiving anything. Let them wait for us and engage with this employer. If we happen to take legal action, we have to take it legal action that will be protected. So they mustn't just give the, the employer the upper hand. Are you continuing with negotiations, and is there a possibility that these retrenchments may be halted? The, the, the employer has mentioned that he has already issued the letters which he cannot retract, but it's beside the point. The point is we are meeting on Thursday. We have put the, the issue. For instance, the employer has sneaked in some operations which were not affected. Rustenberg uh, Processing uh, uh, Division was not part of Section 189, but yesterday we were told that Rustenberg uh, uh, Processing Operation is part of Section 189. Tumelo Mine was not part of Section 189, and the management of Anglo has nicked uh, Tumelo uh, as an affected operation. So all those things, it shows clear that the Anglo was not really genuine in dealing with this issue. So 
We gave them until Thursday that they must come up clear. If Anglo doesn't come up clear, we'll do everything within the ambit of the law to protect those jobs. That was AMCO President Joseph Matunja. Arts and Culture Minister Paul Mashatile says they are on track to ensure the success of the Mzanzi Golden Economy Strategy. The strategy involves using arts and culture to create jobs in the industry through the creation of 28 heritage projects. The department has also identified a number of programs targeting youth and women in the arts. SABC's Edmund Tilly reports. The Mzanzi Golden Economy Strategy seeks to enhance the arts and culture sector, contributing to create 5 million jobs by 2020. This is in line with the government's new growth path. Mashatile says arts and culture has now become the new gold, contributing to the country's economy. The minister has challenged artists and producers to deliver quality work that will be appreciated by South Africans. Many artists will tell you, well, the SABC is not playing my music. There is some merit to that complaint. That's why one of the things that the local content task team is looking at is not only to produce more uh, local content, but also to get it across to the nation. Uh, We want to see on our television screen more South African products. Mashatile was speaking at the New Age Breakfast briefing in Santon, north of Joburg. He filled out a number of questions from the audience, including Michelle Constant from the Business Arts South Africa. Uh, Minister, you mentioned earlier that artists survive when they perform live. I think a lot of people in the industry are really concerned about the current proposal on the ban on alcohol advertising and the impact that it's going to have on live performance, the music industry, and the cultural economy, jobs and job creation. I wonder what the Department of Arts and Culture is doing to pursue this or pursue it in whichever way they choose this particular proposal. Together with, with uh, the private sector, must look at the ways in which we can discourage abuse of alcohol and, and alcohol being uh, accessible to young children, etc., We'll find a way. Cabinet has not taken such a decision uh, to ban advertising. It's a discussion uh, out there. And my view is that, yes, <clears throat> as we build this society, we need to continue to fight against abuses and excess drinking. Lebohandra Mukhopa expressed concern about what he observed as government not taking artists seriously. Arts and culture. It's not actually supported there. There's only one or two lines in uh, NDP there. So one wonders if uh, the sector is still being taken seriously or not. When the first draft of the NDP came out, uh, later on, uh, Minister Trevor Manuel called me and said, look, we made a mistake there because... We, we have not really crafted the issues around arts and culture properly. Can you please write something for us? So you see, if you read the current draft, there is an improvement. It's, it's not just two sentences, maybe two paragraphs. And that was Arts and Culture Minister Paul Moshatile ending that report by Edwin Tsidi in, uh, and uh, Sasha Naidu in Johannesburg. 29 minutes past uh, 12 o'clock. Uh, you are sending us your SMSs to that number 34701 on the SMS line. Uh, this one from Apani uh, in Polokwane says, Afternoon, Elvis, the people of Europe is coming to South Africa to collect the money. Noom is right to strike. The mine workers is on strike until December and will be able to contribute their union membership fees as to the no work, no pay policy will not be applied uh, to that. Uh, that one cuts off there. Um, this one says the so-called independent labor analysts uh, you just interviewed sound as somebody representing employers and not independent at all, says uh, Zing in East London. These are some of your comments uh, on the uh, SMS line. Keep them coming. That number, of course, 34701. You can also then uh, send us uh, a tweet. Uh, the Twitter handle here at Midday Live is at uh, SAFM Midday Live. At SAFM Midday Live. Or you can send us uh, an email to Midday Live at SABC. It's time for the news headlines at 12.30. Thank you, Sila. Let's find out from Shadow Twala what's happening on Otherwise. Good afternoon, Shadow. 
Afternoon, Elvis. Today we talk to Dr. Lillian Pringle, who's a multi-award winner and an internationally renowned specialist neurosurgical nurse. Uh, she is also featured in the 21 Icon South Africa series, and we tell you why she is. And then we also, it's casual day on Friday, and we give you a reason why you should buy a sticker with Celeste Vanessa. So stay tuned. Well, let's hear what, why we should buy a sticker. That's uh, on uh, Shadow Twala's show this afternoon, just after uh, 1 o'clock. It is now 12.31. The Capricorn District Municipality says faulty water meters and a billing system that is not credible is the reason why they have decided to write off more than 90 million rand onto the municipality by the residents. In some of the water statements, there's an irregularity of up to 50,000 rands. The municipality has set aside 17 million rand for the installation of prepaid water meters, which they hope will better regulate the billing system in the community. The, uh, uh, the municipality stands now at, uh, or the current outstanding uh, bill stands at 94 million rand. Now, for more on this, we're joined on the line by the Capricorn District Municipality Executive Mayor, Lawrence Mapulo. Uh, Executive Mayor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Elvis. 90, 94 million rand to be written off. That's quite a lot of money. Briefly break it down for us as to what this amount consists of. This money consists of uh, the debts owed by the community of Lubuakumu, of which we have detected that uh, we, we, we didn't do justice in terms of meters which were installed in their own household. Now, therefore... We decided to cancel all the debts, realizing that the problem was with the municipality. So, so you're admitting that the billing system is faulty, but how far back have you traced this debt? You know, we, uh, we, I came into the office in 2011. Immediately after that, I found that we had a, a court battle with the community. We started to investigate exactly what was the problem. We therefore diagnosed this problem uh, through our officials, how, you know, going household to household, we found that all the, most of the meters in the Bokhom were old, you know, they, they were leaking and the pipes were leaking. Now, no credible building system was there. Therefore, we decided that uh, we must be able to put aside, first, uh, during our adjustment budget here this year, January, we budgeted six million so that we can kick off with the program or project of historic new meters, especially prepaid meters in the area. Now, we, we, we have started already, and we have put aside again 70 million to complete the entire township of Lebohakum, and only at what attempts will be cancelled, not uh, on the assessment rate and property rates and refuse removal. We will focus on mainly on what. So you're losing 94 million rand and you're spending an extra 17 million rand for the installation of those prepaid meters. Who's paying for that? Absolutely, because we realized that this was a problem. We spoke to the Auditor General showing these problems and also applying those legislative acts that governs municipalities like REP 104, which deals with the the, the debts, and we we managed to convince the auditor general. Now, what, so 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 the the, the decision to um, uh, write off this debt uh, has come from uh, you saying that the water meters are faulty. But couldn't you find another way for the residents to settle their accounts? You, you know, we need to be fair, Elvis. You can't start leaving yourself. You can't settle something that is not credible. And I think as leaders we need to to take into account such uh, such facts that you know that our billing system is not correct. And we we'll go to the people and apologize. It's not a sin to go to people and say we apologize. Our systems were not in order. But currently, what we are doing, we are working together with ourselves to make sure that we install new meters. We start on a new slate and make sure that each and everything is well monitored. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. uh, the, the prepaid meters are going to be installed. Uh, are, are the community happy about those meters? Because we, we did find that there were some problems with the, with the uh, prepaid system. No, there's no problem with that, uh, uh, Elvis. It, it's happening elsewhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for, for also, the, for, 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 
to make sure that we save water. That's the most important uh, way or tool to make sure that we save water. You know, South Africa is, we don't have water, not only South Africa, the world going forward, we're worried with the, with the source of water. Now, you were speaking about the Auditor General. By the way, how was the municipalities audit this year? This year, believe me, Elvis, you know, uh, municipality never enjoyed its healthy financial state since from its inception in 2000. It was receiving disclaimers all over and others. But since we came in in 2011, we have turned things around, Elvis. Uh, we have uh, well, we have moved from disclaimer to qualified twice. Now, this year, believe me, you'll phone me next time around December before I go for Christmas and my birthday to say, how did you fare, Lawrence? In terms of our finances, and I hope I'll tell you that at least I've got unqualified audit opinion in our three-year stay in this municipality. It's due to this because we have employed competent officials. I've got two chartered accountants, two PR engineers, and I made sure that my staff is well qualified. Now, 94 million, I'm going back to that figure, plus the 17 million rand. At the end of the day, is there any heads that's going to roll in that municipality? Heads have already rolled, eh? Mm. Heads have already rolled. Tell As us. I speak, you know, when it came in, we realized there were certain discrepancies, and uh, we, you know, tracked them. Someone who's accounting officer accounted all those things she decided to do the honorable thing, and uh, the CFO also of the for for the previous, you know, did the honourable thing, you know, that's how we deal with the, with the situation, and in, in the others they, they, they just left without even we start to speak about them. Now, as I speak currently, the staff at the Capricorn District Municipality, they say people first. Has the meters been installed? Has people got now access to water? As I speak currently, people are getting water and meet out. That's the Capricorn District Municipality Executive Mayor, Lawrence Mapolo. A story that ends well, 12.38. That is your time slot right here. Now let's talk economics. Business uh, confidence has remained almost unchanged at 90 points uh, in August for the fourth consecutive month. Now the index is released monthly by the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Saki says that lower confidence levels was uh, due to the deteriorating business environment as a result of possible strike action and high inflation. Now for more on this, we're joined on the line by the CEO of the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Saki Neran Rao. Neran, uh, good afternoon. Uh, well, it seems like we haven't got uh, Neron on the line. We're going to come back to that story. So let's go to another one. Business in Malumulele in the Limpopo province continue to be closed following recent violent protests in the area. Police say they expect more arrests after more than 20 protesters were arrested yesterday during clashes with the police. Residents are demanding to have their own municipality as the area currently falls under the Tulamela municipality. Now, several vehicles and offices have been burnt and some retail shops looted. For more on this, we joined uh, on the line by our reporter Jabu Baloy. Jabu, good afternoon, and can you tell us what is the latest on the situation in the area? Uh, good afternoon. The situation remains tense. There is heavy police presence in the area. As I speak to you, uh, in one of the outlying areas out of Malamulele at Salema, violence is still continuing. Uh, Bakery has been burned down by the protesters in that area, and the police have rushed the area to try and calm down the situation. Uh, the other thing is that the, the premier of the province, Mr. Simmatabata, has requested to have an active meeting with the committee that represents the rights of the residents. He has arrived here at Malamulele. He is currently meeting with the municipal authorities. He has been accompanied by the NEC, Jess Mashaba, of the safety and security. He is currently holding a meeting with the, with the representative of the residents to try and uh, reach a solution about the problems that have been experienced by the residents. And uh, can you tell us, we understand that some of the, of, the, of the banks were damaged yesterday and that other businesses in the area are still closed. Yes, uh, the businesses in the area are not operating even now. Uh, some of the banks or, uh, the banks have been damaged by the protesters. They have been broken. Although they didn't enter into the banks, they were only damaged outside, from outside. Uh, the businesses are not working as well. Uh, it's only some few ATMs that the people are using and they, they are crowded by a lot of people as the businesses have come to a standstill in the area. Now, when are those arrested uh, expected to appear, uh, to appear in court? 
this is what been arrested uh, since uh, last night. You understand that they're going to appear in court later today. Uh, there are in number total of them, there are 51. The suspects have been arrested. And you understand they're going to be charged with uh, public violence and malicious damage to property following the incidents that happened yesterday in the area. As you understand, that uh, the businesses have been looted, they have been vandalized. Some of the government offices have also been attacked as well. Are there any signs or indication that the protests will end soon? Well, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not clear as to when the protest will, will end because uh, later, later on during the day, the police were uh, treating the, the hawkers around this area to wrap up their things and leave because they don't want, they were told that they don't want people to be around in this town as for protest in the afternoon for fear that uh, some people might come to attack them as there is a rumor that some people are still going to protest, especially after court regarding the arrest of these people who have been arrested and that they are demanding that those people should be released. And that's our reporter on the scene, Jabu Beloy. Now, remember, you can engage with us uh, on that number, 34701. That is the SMS line. Uh, you can also uh, join us on Twitter. That Twitter handle there is at SAFM Midday Live. Now, business confidence has remained almost unchanged at 90 points in August for the fourth consecutive month. Uh, the index is released monthly by the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Masaki says that the lower confidence was due to the deteriorating business environment as a result of possible strike action and higher inflation. Now, Tsepo Mongwai reports. Well, it seems the BCI has failed to increase its July positive momentum. That's with the current reading still way below the peak of 122 reached in December 2006. Saiki says lower business confidence levels were driven largely by fears of widespread industrial actions coupled with rising input costs, as Saiki CEO Narin Rao explains. Positive momentum that we hoped the BCI would gain in the month of August was unfortunately offset by a deterioration in the business environment, particularly attributable to broad-based strike activity impacting our economy. According to Rao, five BCI's key sub-indices yielded negative readings. These include manufacturing, exports, retail sales, vehicle sales and construction. Rao explains. And all of those are key employers particularly of unskilled labor when one looks at the sectors that are showing negative readings. The BCI reading below 90 signals negative investor perception. Rao has warned that a figure below 90 could spell more bad news for the local economy. We cannot breach a level of 90. In other words, we cannot go below 90. That would be very concerning. Uh, It would be dangerous territory for the BCI to test levels of below 90. Uh, And we, we are of the positive opinion that it is stabilizing around 90 Uh, trying to build a momentum towards improvement, towards levels of 100 and above. However, the latest purchasing managers index can be seen as a silver lining in a dark cloud. The increase in the Cajiso PMI to 56.5 in August suggests that the manufacturing sector is maintaining its positive momentum. Rao elaborates. If one looks into the short to medium term, one can find that there is room, there is a basis for optimism. Uh, That is particularly attributable to the positive purchasing management index uh, that was released yesterday uh, and various indications that Saki has in terms of manufacturing performance that indicate that manufacturing is consolidating towards uh, an improvement in the coming months. Saki has raised concerns that the economy might be entering a phase of high inflation, continuing high unemployment and subdued economic growth. I am Tsepo Mungwai in Johannesburg. That brings the time to 12.45. We're going to stay with the economic news, but right now, 12.45. Take a break and we'll be right back. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telecom Business. It's time to find out what the market looks like with uh, Sassman Securities, Sudhir Singh. Sudhir, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Alvin. How are the markets looking today? 
Global markets are trading mostly higher this morning on further signs of improvement in global manufacturing. European markets uh, have been volatile this morning, swinging between gains and losses. However, Nokia uh, has been gaining after Microsoft agreed to buy its device unit. Over on Wall Street, uh, stock futures are pointing to a solid opening later on this afternoon with ISM data in the spotlight. Locally, JSC continues uh, yesterday's gains, led higher by the gold miners on the back of the precious metal trading stronger. In corporate news, Discovery reported robust growth for the full year as it focuses on becoming a global business. Management did comment uh, that the past year's progress positions itself uh, well for continued growth. Taking a look at the local indices, we've got the gold index, which is up almost 1%. Resource 10 index is up just over half a percent. The industrial 25 index is up 0.2%. The financial index is currently flat. And overall, the market is up around 123 points, or 0.3% to 42,849. Which stocks on the move today? On the upside, we have Discovery, which is up 3.5% at 87 rands and 30 cents. Harmony is up almost 3% at 38 rands and 80 cents. Goldfields is up almost 1% at 53 rands and 80 cents. Grinrod is up uh, just over half a percent at 24 rands and 40 cents. And on the downside, we have Growth Point, which is down 1.5% at 24 rands and 10 cents. Rabex is down just over half a percent at 22 rands and 40 cents. Woolworths is down half a percent to 68 rands and 80 cents. And lastly, we have Clicks, which is down 0.2% at 55 rands and 20 cents. And the latest market indicators? We currently have gold, which is trading at $1,395.10 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,526.50 an ounce. Brand crude is at $114.90 per barrel. And finally, we have the rand, which is trading at 10 rand 30 cents to the dollar, 16 rand to the pound, and 13 rand 50 cents to the euro. That's it from me, Elvis. Now that's Udir Singh from the dealer room at Sussman Securities, giving you your daily dose of economic news. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please can you order me a midday blood sugar leveling gastronomic experience? Lunch, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. 12.48, we go to the world of art. Son of Soil is set in South Africa of post-2010 World Cup in a mining environment, the kind of environment that mine workers had to live in and find ways of making their dreams a reality. It tells the story of a young man searching for his place among his fellow human beings. Now, the characters in the play reveal the social ills faced by society and deals with the question of success versus the challenges of the today's youth, against the backdrop, of course, in South Africa's mining wealth. Now, to tell us more about this play, we're in conversation with playwright, director, and lead actor for the play, Son of Soil, Seleleku Sechaluza. Seleleku, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, uh, Elvis Kathleen, and good afternoon to the SFA listeners. Uh, tell us about this play. What is it all about, and what inspired this theme? The play is uh, definitely about a young man fighting for his dream as an industrialist businessman, um, uh, within the mining sector. The play has been inspired by our everyday challenges, especially in areas uh, where we face serious challenges, elements of poverty, personal empowerment, where, where these things play a very crucial role, including the mining, uh, the mining sector itself. What is the main message, though, that you want theatre lovers to take home after seeing this play? The main message, Elvis, has a lot to do with everyday life, uh, but... Uh, most importantly, the fact that uh, one must be able to withstand whatever imaginable pressure one may be facing in pursuing uh, his, his or her dream uh, within, obviously, the constraints of time. Time is a very crucial role. You could never have enough of it. Now, why should I or other people or theatre lovers want to come and see this play? Well, because of the vibrancy and uh, basically the, 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 the style of the play itself, we have a lot of poetry um, flowing into the soul, and um, there's a lot of physical um, uh, dancing as well as well as mind. So basically, all the fundamental elements of the play that confirm to the world of theatre. But more than that, also the radical perspective the play is offering, if you're sitting from um, a perspective, a mental perspective point of view. 
Now, for Theatre Lovers, where, when, and what time will the play be staged, and how much uh, are the tickets? The show will be opening and running from the 6th to the 8th of September at 80 rands, uh, but the preview night is at half price uh, at 40 rands. The preview, which is going to be on Thursday the 5th, um, is starting at 7 p.m., so at 7 p.m. on the preview this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. on Friday again, 7 p.m. on Saturday at 7 p.m. Last show will be on the 8th at uh, around 3 p.m. Now, you as a young playwright, is this your first play? This, uh, yes, uh, it's a preview. It's my uh, debut. It's definitely a first play, but not the first one written. But, uh, yes, we, as, 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 this is the history we come from uh, in terms of the arts in South Africa. You need to be very dynamic. So this is what I've, I've been able to put through as a first debut. Now, in my intro, I indicated that this play focused around the mining, uh, the, the miners and their issues uh, surrounding that, and, of course, economic freedom. Is that what it's really all about, uh, the, the fight for economic freedom? That is definitely the real message behind everything else. Uh, based on other things that you have revolving. But uh, obviously the economy, if you look at Marikana, uh, if you look at the strike, these are, are elements that are, are running as a predominant theme um, in the play itself. It's worth noting. Now, as a first play, I'm sure that you have some financial constraints. Do you want sponsors and uh, uh, anybody else that, would, uh, that are interested to assist you with this play, to, to contact you? Definitely correct, uh, Mr. Elvis Treslin. I would appreciate any form of support. We have already submitted applications, but uh, always as a debut, always as a first, um, first entry into the industry, it's always the toughest. I would appreciate um, any form of sponsorship or financial uh, assistance. Where can they get hold of you? They can send me an email on my surname, Sitaluza, S-I-T-S-H-A-L-U-Z-A at Gmail. Or, or, or call the office line 011 And just a reminder again, what time and uh, where is the play taking place? The play is taking place at Jobek Theatre uh, in Brunfontein. Uh, please do night half price at 40 rand on Thursday the 5th of September at 7pm. Also at 7pm until Saturday. Um, at 80 rand, and then Sunday is the last performance at, um, and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We wish you all the best of luck there. That's playwright, director, and lead actor for the play Son of Soil, Seleleko uh, Sichaluza. That uh, play to Son of Soil to be staged uh, at the Job Theatre from Thursday the 5th of September. That's the preview night, and it will run from the 6th to the 8th of September from 7 p.m. The final afternoon performance that you heard from him is at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Now, you can keep them coming. That's uh, your comments uh, on the uh, SMS line, and let's take a look at uh, what you have to say Elton say, I need to hear from you. Why do Europeans and Americans say that they are from the West and they uh, they from the North? Uh, what do they have to hide? Ask Elton. Uh, who had a contract for that shoddy workmanship uh, in terms of the uh, prepaid meters that was installed in that story you heard? And uh, this one says, we don't need Europeans to run our minds. We need uh, Yarona and, uh, and, and Mazamas. Now, this will secure stability, says Puti Ndlovo. Hi, Elvis. So that uh, called analyst. Uh, in fact, there the SMS ca- uh, cuts off. And this one says the mine workers is on strike until December will be able to contribute uh, to their union membership fees as the no work, no pay policy will not be applied as the state will intervene, says uh, Peter Mukwena. Now, these are some of your comments uh, on the SMS line. The South African Reading Foundation has expressed concern about the serious decline in the culture of reading in South Africa, especially among the youth. This week is National Library Week, and the foundation is embarking on initiatives aimed at encouraging young South Africans to adopt a culture of reading. SABC's Kwanele Matabula reports. Founder of the South African Reading Foundation, Debo Khoditsego, says he started the foundation after the Books Development Council released reading statistics in South Africa that he found alarming. Ditsego says he's using the foundation to try and foster a culture of reading. Let's look at the current situation in South Africa. According to the South African Books Development Council, only 14% of South Africans read books regularly. Only 1% of South Africans buy books from bookstores and only 5% of parents read books to their kids. We've got a 25.2 unemployment rate in South Africa. So how are we going to curb unemployment if the nation doesn't read? 
In 2012, Ditejo's passion to spread knowledge and his love for books drove him to start Read a Book Essay, a reading initiative on the social medium Twitter. The initiative uses Twitter as a platform to share books. Ditejo says the initiative has been a huge success. A year later, we had 20,000 followers on our first birthday. And now 16 months down the line, we're the biggest reading initiative on Twitter. And we are one of the top 10 most followed book clubs in the world. The South African Reading Foundation launched National Library Week at Wits University in Johannesburg. Deputy Vice-Chancellor at Wits University, Professor Andrew Crouch, said that in order for South Africans to adopt a reading culture, we need to write our own stories. I'm also shocked to a certain extent by our tendency as a country to just accept what is thrown at us from the Northern Hemisphere, where we're not prepared to to develop our own identity and to promote our own culture, and hence a dying need for us to have more African scholars to in fact publish in our own languages, because through our language we can also promote our own stories. National Library Week is being sponsored by the National Youth Development Agency. NYDA chairperson Yeshen Pillay says they got involved in the National Library Week because it's in line with their new strategy of skills development. We want to be part of it as the National Youth Development Agency because we've changed our strategy towards education and skills development. That's core. Core for us because we're investing more in education, we need to invest more in education, but we need to excel in education. Other programs are looking at the job preparedness and placement. Why? Because we know we've got a serious issue with youth unemployment in the country. Media personalities Busisa Liope, affectionately known as DJ Spoo, was one of the guest speakers at the event. Spoo says he's using his brand to encourage young people to empower themselves by reading books. We feel that a lot of young people feel reading is boring, so we're pretty much making it cool to read. We've coined the term intellectual swag. So this week, we'll be making noise about um, reading throughout the country. Also, um, using all these different other mediums to encourage not only reading, but leadership through our leadership initiatives that we've been doing. Students at Fitz University had this to say about reading. I do read. Um, I read mainly stuff that's like a branch off from what I'm studying. I think once I left high school, it became difficult to read for leisure. Uh, I don't really read much, uh, but I make sure that every night before I go to sleep, I read the Bible. And I feel it's the only important thing I should really read. Yeah, I read books if I have to. Like this prescribed, then I read. But then I don't read books for leisure. And that report filed by Cornelia Matabula and Tawazi Kunene. Uh, that's, of course, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a serious issue because not many people do actually read books. So if, um, you know, if you are sitting with your child, read him a book instead of watching television. That's a, a wonderful thing to do. Or if you buy presents, rather than buying just any old present, buy a book. It's something that you can keep for life. And it, of course, uh, you know, just enhance your lifestyle. Now, there's somebody on the SMS line that would like to get some more information um, on the uh, Son of Soil play. That's happening. Let me just read it for you again. It's happening at the Joburg Theatre from this Thursday on the 5th of September. That's a preview night, so you can get there at 40 Rand. And, uh, of course, from the 6th to the 8th of September at 80 Rand. It's starting at 7 o'clock, that is, at the Joburg Theatre. That's the play, Son of Soil. But right now, we've got to wrap it up. We'd like to thank our team, Mabu Boloka and Sita Gazello Tlamini, our technical producer, Mark Preller, our senior producer, Normaliza Mandela, our executive producers Busichane and Aubrey Sachia. My name is Elvis Preston. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Let's hope you have yourself a wonderful spring day out there. Bye bye.